But the reality is we're human. And when we're on social media and we're only seeing the highlight reel, when something human pops up, something relatable, something vulnerable, that builds trust. Then what I have to do is offer them something that has a high enough perceived value to overcome their desire to not get pitched or spammed or bothered or annoyed. I have to go on a gut level first and foremost. What sells me? How do we take some of the repetitive, quote unquote, bureaucratic tasks out of the hands of the rep and automate those to free up time for them to spend selling? How can we create a place where it's positive, where there's nothing but motivation, education, and inspiration? And how can we do it consistently? Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining another episode of the Digital Selling Secrets podcast. We have two special guests, in addition to our awesome co-host, Jerry Menacro. And so today, we actually have a very uh, important influencer on the podcast. We have Carissa Wampler, and then we also have Representative Steve from NAC. Um, Carissa, Steve, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Very excited to have you on the podcast. Um, and Steve, y'all just launched uh, NAC in January, right? Uh, yeah, just getting started now. Uh, uh, past week, yeah, only this past week, we've uh, started taking off. So exciting, so exciting. I had, had a chance to, to look at your company, look at your company website. Y'all are doing, it looks like you're doing some amazing things and can't wait to talk more about that. And Carissa, you have 1 million followers on TikTok and you have a huge influence on Instagram as well. Um, tell us a little bit about that because, you know, I was looking at your content and it's engaging, it's exciting. And how did all that get started? Well, thank you. Yeah. So just to give you a little backstory, I think it was in 2020, like the beginning of 2020, right when all the coronavirus and everything really took off. I was actually working in the tax industry and which is so different than what I do now, but it was something that I found rather unfulfilling. Um, and I was really looking for a creative outlet at the time. And so because of that, I started creating content on TikTok and that was something that I just had in the background. And then when I really came to terms with the fact that I wasn't happy with what I was doing for work anymore, and I was a full-time college student during all this as well. Um, I really sat down and it was kind of a time of reflection and I decided to just drop that job. Um, I had no idea what I was going to do, which is crazy in itself, <laughs> but I quit that job and then I really started treating content creation at my nine to five. At the time I had about 10,000 followers. Um, and for the next five months, I spent nine to five every single day of the week, just creating content, putting things out there, like researching, doing data analysis. Um, and from that time that I started, I grew from 10,000 followers to a million in the span of five months. Um, but during that time, what I was doing was actually doing data collection and a lot of data analysis to understand how the algorithms with short form video work. Um, so in turn, what I do now is I don't make as much content, but I use that information and the data that I collected during that year to two years, the next upcoming two years, um, to bring me to now where I, what my goal is, is to help corporate companies and small business owners, content creators use that information to try to grow engaging large communities. 
You wow. know, correct. That's very, very interesting to hear. Um, so before the before the whole lockdown and everything, we had uh, Gary and I. We had a digital selling conference, the first of its kind here in the state of Texas, where we presented and talked about how to close deals online. And we had a influencer. It was a Facebook influencer. She had about a million followers on that, and she was talking about it. And TikTok was just emerging in 2019 at that time. And so I'm sure you could relate to that. And and we had a lot of hardened, good old boy type of salespeople uh, at that conference. And they were learning, they were wanting to learn about digital selling. And the big question that we had was when somebody talked about TikTok, one of the guys got up and asked, are you expect me to do these dances online uh, and record myself? You know, how would people... How would people respect me? How would people think of me? Could you talk a little to that? Is it all about dancing? Is it all about, uh, you know, making crazy videos on TikTok in order for me to sell, say, my oil product or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a very, very valid question, especially coming from adults who are focused on digital selling. What are they supposed to do on an app like TikTok? And I think that's really the big question a lot of the time. So to give you an idea, I've made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos, maybe even thousands, but I very rarely dance on camera. <laughs> it's something that I would be rather uncomfortable doing. And it's just kind of weird for me because I'm in my twenties, I'm married. It's just, it's not really on my priority list to dance on camera, I guess, but I love making educational videos in any way that can help people who are my age or a few years before me kind of wondering how to get a grip on life. That's what I love to do. And so for me, most of my videos, probably 90% are actually me talking. Um, and people really, really like that. And why they love TikTok is because it's such, it's a lot like this. It's just organic conversation from normal people. And a lot of people our age and in this new emerging age of social media, they really resonate with that raw content. Um, and that raw, unfiltered conversation that it feels like they're having. And so the reason that people are finding so much value in TikTok is not necessarily from the amount of followers that you have, but because when you post a video on TikTok, say you post a video on digital selling, it's going to send that video out to people who interact with content similar to digital selling. So what I found was the biggest value for me in having a TikTok platform was not necessarily that I had the followers or that I was making money from it, but it was the fact that I had a very large community of people with similar, similar interests at my disposal. And so at any time, um, if I needed like a realtor in South Florida, or if I need somebody who was really good at building communities on TikTok, I was like, oh, I have a connection for that. I have a connection for that. Um, and similarly, if anybody wanted TikTok like expert or somebody that really understood the algorithm, like, oh, I've seen Chris's content, like I know she's really good at that. And it's putting your company or your name out there. And people have that recognition that if you guys had a TikTok account and somebody's like, I need an expert for digital sun, you're like, oh, I've seen a ton of content from these two guys. I'm going to go directly to them. And that's why people find so much value on an app like TikTok. Awesome. I, Chris, I just kind of piggyback off that a little bit. Obviously, TikTok's a certain demographics, LinkedIn's a certain demographic, all, all different platforms have different demographics. And excuse me. Um, what, so all these different platforms have different demographics. Obviously, through your research, 
focused on that nine to five, putting out content, you, you've probably gained some pretty significant insights into growing that following. And you hear different thought leaders. Some say, just start with the basics. Don't do any fancy editing. Some say more content. Some say less content, higher quality. There's all these different theories or I, I don't know what the, the best way to describe it is, but there's the different perspectives, I guess. Um, what are what are some of the the key insights you gained in growing that that following? Yes, that's very true. And what's funny about TikTok is that I was just talking about this the other day in a meeting was that there really is a niche space for everything and everyone. Um, and so if if you have something that's really unique, like you have professional video editing, you have professional camera quality and you have something really great to say that might take off really quickly you might get millions and millions of views but if I'm sitting here in my bedroom I film a completely unfiltered video I just talk to my camera say something that I think is really mind-blowing and valuable to that target audience that might take off faster than the professional video and so that's why people love TikTok is because you can be really successful on either end of the spectrum and you can take three days to make a professional video or you can take five minutes to make a stupid unfiltered video with just something funny and they can do equally well and they can perform equally as well. And so that's why TikTok is such a kind of mind blowing new space that people are really taking advantage of is because anything can take off and it's very unpredictable. But as long as you're putting out content consistently, you'll be able to kind of see what your community likes, what they engage with and kind of get a feel for what with your content will take off. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And and obviously now you're connected with NAC, mm -hmm. right? And and for those of you all that are tuning in, that's k k n a q dot com. And we have Steve. Uh, you go by Steve or Steven? Yeah, Steve's fine. We have Steve Cat Catin. I'm I'm gonna say your name wrong. Cat. How about you say it, Steve? So I don't uh, say uh, it. Catanzano. Got it. Oh, okay. So how did, how did Steve, how did you and Carissa get connected? Cause I'm sure there's people listening that are thinking I'd yeah. love to have an influencer help me with my business. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So NAC has been, uh, we started building NAC about 18 months ago. So I've been in the tech space for 25 or more years building um, software companies and, and tech companies and uh, recently moved to where we are now down in Florida and uh, started building out uh, NAC and NAC is, you know, you hear a lot about so many people now looking to, Kind of leave their jobs and and create their own independence and that's a trend that's happening all over the country you know statistics show that 50 percent of our population might be independent workers by 2027 so the trend is happening what NAC is designed to do is to help people whether they're just getting started or they're already down the road building their business about how you create opportunities so our platform is designed it's a community where you know, people can join and they can come on and they can offer services. So we have integrated video. So if you're good about uh, getting in front of a camera and you want to teach and coach and consult, uh, you can do one-on-one -on -one classes, you could do small groups, you can do large-scale webinars and offer your time um, for all the knowledge you have and share that with others for, for a fee. So I can teach classes, I can do all those things. I can go on and offer my services at an hourly rate. I could, you know, say I'm doing research or whatever uh, my skill is, and I can offer that for hourly and people can hire me that way or for projects. Or if you just look at a small business or an independent worker who wants to grow and find more sales opportunities, we have a whole sales lead program uh, on our platform. 
So what's great is, is people join and they build a great profile and show their personality with video and all their content and links to all their social media. And then from there, they build these, these income channels. You know, if you like to teach, you te offer teaching classes, you want to offer your time, or you're looking for sales leads, uh, you offer that as well. So really enabling people to use their skills from their professional or personal life, you know, whatever your knack is, and join a platform and grow your business uh, within our community. And that's what it's really focused on. So you look at all the people who are, there's so many challenges as you start to think about, I'm gonna go off on my own now, right? You gotta build a website, you gotta figure out, you know, $65 billion to spend every year just on SEO for people to try to get to the first page of a search. It's a crazy amount of money. Or you're gonna pay Google AdWords to try to be on a search. So how do you find customers? How do you grow? And with Carissa, she's not only helping us as, you know, building out our company and creating our presence, but we also help to train people who join our platform to say, okay, now you've built your presence on NAC, you have your services, how do you go to the next level? NAC's going to drive demand, but you need to also go to social media, email campaigns, do all the things to grow your business. And we're that platform that takes care of all the payment processing, all the communications, all the back-end stuff that you would need to operate. And you can be up and running in 30 minutes on our platform as well and ready to start offering services. So, so, so Steve, based on what you're describing here, how does it compare or how is it different from like, because I know you have one platform out there is Udemy, if I'm pronouncing it right, where you can do training and then you have Upwork and Fiverr for freelancers. How does sure. your platform different from kind of the, those? Yeah, we. so I think there's a couple of ways, you know, we're building a community of buyers and sellers uh, where, where those are really more gigs in a sense. So I could go to Upwork and find, you know, someone helping with software development, for example, and other things like that. But it's not, you know, this is in a sense, your store when you join us, right? You're building out your store, your presence, your video, you know, think of it as your own location, your own store, and everything's built in there. You can change your offerings whenever you want. You can create a presence. You can link to your social media. It really is your own private store that you're building on NAC and within that community. And we take care of like all the payment processing and everything else that you need. But we're trying to enable a whole different market here too, because it's not just, you know, we call it the obvious to the obscure. The obvious is maybe you're an accountant and you want to come on and offer your services as an accountant, or you're looking for sales leads for, for more opportunities. You can do that as well. But, you know, your hobby might be, you know, drone flying and, and you're an expert at that. And you can build an audience around that. So we find so many people excited about not only doing services around what they do professionally, but also what they do personally as well um, and create income around that as well. Steve, what you said right now is I found really interesting because what you said connects really strongly with Rissa said earlier, that word community, they're both connecting with each other. And is that where you and Carissa, you find the, uh, the interlacing between this, this tech and corporate world uh, with the social media is that building of community and being able to reach out to that community and offer services to, to one another. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, it is a community. It's not only the, sell, the people who want to go off on their own and offer services and be independent. It's also the same people who want to buy from those people. So it is a community that we're building. You know, people would prefer to buy to somebody that they, you know, an individual person that can offer services versus going to a big corporation. And, and that's the community that we're building. And with Carissa, it really is about that intersection between uh, the services that someone can, can build, but how do you use TikTok? How do you use LinkedIn? How do you create you know, that whole community environment that we're trying to build? 
fascinating. Yeah, part of our story. It it seems like it it's. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm describing this wrong. I don't know. Uh, correct me if I am. It seems almost like a one stop shop for a bunch of different. Because right now you can go to one platform for online learning, one platform for social media, one platform for uh, freelance workers. And it seems like it's combining them all together. It is. And it isn't the sales lead component, I think, is really important because we're trying to enable the existing businesses that say, well, I, maybe I don't want to go on a platform. Maybe you're a realtor, for example, and you don't have a, an offering to create to, to teach um, or to offer their time, but they're looking for those sales opportunities and you still come on, you build your profile. And what's great about it is as a buyer, we do a tremendous amount of buyer protection. You know, everyone's anonymous on the platform. We don't sell people's data, none of those things. I can go on, I can look at someone's profile. I can anonymously have a conversation or even video chat with that person and sort of interview them. And then if I like that, that realtor, then I'm gonna connect with them and that realtor gets the opportunity and the buyer is protected because they're, you know, it's a one-on-one -on -one. so many platforms you go to you put your name in and then suddenly it's off and 40 people are calling you about you know fixing your refrigerator um it doesn't you don't work that way it's one-to-one -one. so it's great for people who are looking for sales leads because there's a one-to-one -one sales lead uh opportunity and they've already looked at your profile they like what you're doing and they want to connect with you and so it's a buyer driven sales lead at that point so carissa how does TikTok fit into all of this so similar to what Steve said earlier, I mean, granted what you said as well, it is a community. We're both very community-based in what we do. Um, but what we aim to do is really empower our sellers to be able to market on their own. And so one unique thing that NAC does is we provide in our expert dashboard for each seller, we provide them toolkits. So basically what that does is they can download this guide for how do I market my NAC? Because not everybody knows inherently how to do that. Um, and so we've created guides for them so that they can download and they have information from marketing experts at their disposal of here's the best way for, I mean, my contribution to it was here's the best way to market your NAC and your online offerings on every single social media platform. Um, so I would go through in a section and be like, here's everything you need to know about getting started and marketing your NAC offerings on an app like TikTok. So we have created videos and then an actual PDF guide for them. And so the way that I fit into that is I bring that other social media expertise into those guides. And I've kind of worked with Christina, our marketing head, as well as Connor and Steve, some of our team members. And we've put together as much information as we can to sort of empower every seller to be able to be successful with the information that we're able to offer them with any expertise that we may have and anybody on our team may have. So it's unique in that aspect because when we're working together and I'm working with somebody like Steve, who has so much expertise with, you know, investors and building companies and, you know, digital selling, things like that. I don't have as much expertise there, but again, Steve doesn't spend as much time on social media. So together we're able to come together to empower everybody in our community to use both of our areas of expertise to kind of bring that together and help them to succeed in both aspects. Yeah, I think, one of the things we learned from um, uh, COVID too, when COVID hit, so many people didn't have the ability to create a second income stream. You could be a local baker and you're shut down because of COVID and you had no income. Now, if you were able to teach classes online for cooking and all these other things, you could have created a secondary income. And, and so many more people are looking at doing that. 
you know, one example could be, uh, and we have this, all these algorithms and search capabilities and all these things. So you can search locally or you can search globally. So you want to find local contractors, local people to help you, you can do that or, you know, look generally, but you, you might be like an interior designer, for example. And what's great is you can offer uh, design services online, teaching and coaching and everything that way and, and cover the entire United States. Or if somebody's local, then you can get that sales lead and, and create that opportunity locally with that person. So now you've extended your business in an entirely new way. So that's a big part of what we do and part of that whole community story that we have. It, it, it's, Absolutely. It's, fan, fan, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Gary. No, no. Um, I, I was just going to say it's it's interesting how this digital landscape is, kind of, at least in my perspective, over the past, I don't know, five, 10 years have changed. I know a lot of people think when they think digital, it's all about tr a transactional type of relationship where you, you know, you make a purchase and um, you think about Amazon and some of the other uh, brands that are out there. Um, but it sounds like what you're describing, and it's kind of a common theme I've seen when you when you hear some of the influencers that are out there, plus um, just so, some of the KPIs associated with digital marketing, and it ties back to a, a relationship. And it's just, at the end of the day, it seems like that's what it's all about. Chris is building relationships with with her followers on TikTok, uh, she's connected with them based on a common interest. And then on your platform, Steve, you're building relationships, you're building this community of people that are just, you know, they're, they're friends that are working together, helping each other out. Is that, is that fair? Or? Yeah, and, and we really focus the platform on the expert, the person, right? This is, this is me, this is my skills, this is what I've been doing and, and you know, my resume, resume and my, my talents and my personality. And demonstrating that first, right? That's the first step. It's not, you know, here's the gig that I can do for you. It's, you know, here's here's my experience. And I think it brings in a whole different level of people into the platform too. Um, very talented people that not only want to offer services, but you know, they want to offer advice. They want to offer their knowledge. Uh, there's so many people with so many skills out there, um, and we're just giving them a platform to basically demonstrate that and build that community. Everybody inherently has a community. If you were a school teacher and said, I, I you know, I want to create extra income. Um, go back, you know, build your place on NAC. It takes you 30, 40 minutes. You're up and running. You can immediately go back to the, the students and the parents and say, hey, I'm, I'm teaching NAC. You come to my class, you know, click on a button and, and join, you know, but teaching people that process is a big part of what Carissa is doing is how do you do that? It's not inherent to a lot of people to think, uh, you know, how do I start to build this? The first people are going to buy from you are usually the people you know. And then from there you start to build and you build your social media and you build your channels and then you start to grow from there. And that is also driving lots of demand in there too. So we're trying to build successful companies here on, on NAC, uh, whether you're just trying to grow your business or build a business, you know, with a kind of Swiss army knife of things you can do. Okay. And, and Steve, you're one of the owners of the company, right? Or the owner? Yeah. I'm one of the founders of the company. Yep. Okay. And so you said you spent 25 years in technology or IT uh, was it technology or was it IT? Uh, in tech, uh, tech companies. T tech companies. And obviously, any business, to, to launch a business, you take a, I mean, it's an investment, it's investment of time, resources, money, and you, you take that leap. How, how did you know that, that you were ready or, or do you wish you would have taken that leap earlier in your career? Or uh, Tell us a little bit about your story around that. Yeah, I, well, I've taken the leap a few times. Uh, okay. This isn't, uh, so we've had uh, a couple of different platforms for uh, software platforms to email archiving. There was a regulatory change that sort of uh, 
force companies to start archiving their emails. So I created a, a platform around that. Um, and then I had an equity crowdfunding platform that we were one of the first ones registered with the SEC and FINRA. So I built three or four different software platforms. And then um, in 2000, I had a telecom company in Boston as well, which was uh, called Digital Broadband Communications. And we were one of the first companies to deliver high-speed broadband to homes. And so I've had four different uh, sort of entrepreneurial ventures. So I've been doing this a while on my own um, and just sort of building companies. But you know what, what really attracted me to this was you know, 18 months ago, we started looking at, you know, all the, you hear all of the news about, you know, income challenges, especially, you know, towards the middle class. And then you start doing research and you realize income's only grown 20% in the middle class over the past 20 years. It's, it's almost flat. And then you compare that to housing, education, all these other expenses, where are the places, yeah, trillion dollars in student loan debt. You know, kids are walking out of school immediately having to pay student loans. Um, it's a challenge to create enough income to get ahead with everything that's going on in the world. And, and that's what NACA is really designed to do. It's, it can be supplemental income. And if it goes real well and you want to go off on your own, uh, it's great. But we kind of looked at even like the Uber model and Uber launch, like Uber exists because people need the income, right? They're going to willing to work their full-time job and then go work, you know, five hours driving at night for income, right? That's nobody really wants to go extend their day that long, but they do. And it just demonstrates the fact that people need extra income. And we're trying to allow you to take whatever skills you have, personal, professional, uh, bring them onto NAC, create a business around that, create income and build your audience and, you know, get a little, get further ahead in life. So, so Steve and Carissa, you know, Steve first, if you don't mind, um, Carissa, sorry, I didn't mean it that way, but uh, you, you spoke of starting multiple, orga multiple organizations and multiple businesses. Uh, if you could both talk to a little bit about failure, you know, what you've, where you failed and what you've learned from that, you know, whether it's in the organizations or in Carissa and your, your side when it comes to uh, uh, pivoting from, you know, working in the tax industry or even in social media itself. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I, I think anyone who's off trying to build a business knows it's, uh, they don't always go the way you want them to, uh, you know, it, and it is about, yeah, I think it's more about finding your, your audience and your customers in a lot of cases. And, and that's a, that's a huge challenge. Um, uh, you know, the digital, the company I created in Boston, Digital Broadband Communications, we, you know, we raised $80 million. We were ready for an IPO in 2000 and then the dot-com bubble burst. Uh, and we were literally in Wall Street uh, in April of 2000 with JP Morgan to go public. And by the end of the year, that whole market disappeared. Uh, so timing is uh, a big part of building a business and ensuring, you know, even though we had done sort of everything right up to that point, you know, we couldn't control the outcome of what was going to happen there. So uh, I learned a lot from that, especially. Uh, we grew from two people to 300. And uh, and uh, it was a great, great learning experience, but uh, didn't get the, the exit we were hoping for in the end. But you learn a lot from it. And, and that's why, you know, as we build this business, this is a very cash flow driven business. And, you know, we're very focused on doing everything right. And, and we want to deliver a service that people really need and want right now. Uh, I think it's a, a time and place that really makes sense. Everyone knows how to use video uh, after COVID. Uh, video learning is huge right now. And you have so many people who just want independence and and uh, we want to empower them so makes sense and what about you carissa 
Yeah, I mean, failure, and this is something that I talk about a lot. Um, it's something that's really important to me. I think if you're not failing, you're probably not trying very hard in many aspects. Um, if you're not failing, I mean, are you even learning anything? And so I, a few years ago, I heard a story that really made me look at failure differently. Um, because when we hear failure inherently, it kind of like is a scary thing. Like, oh, I don't want to fail. I would be scared to start a business because I might fail. But I don't remember who said this, but it was somebody that said every night they would talk to their child, their young child, to be like, they would talk about their day at school and ask them, is there anything that you failed at today? Um, what did you fail at today? And they found a way to ask them like, oh, well, I failed at doing this drawing or I failed at whatever small thing that might be. Um, and they would ask them, okay, well, what did, what did, what value did you take from that? And what do you know now that you didn't know at the beginning of the day? Um, and so they really worked very hard to change the kids aspects of failure and the, their mindset around failure so that it's not necessarily every time that you're losing something, maybe you did fail, but now you have this whole other value set and this skill set that you know what not to do. Um, and like Steve said, when you're starting a company and it doesn't go exactly the way that you want it to, but now you have this whole other value set and this whole new mindset around what you've learned that you wouldn't have had before. Um, and so for me, that's been really important, especially when it comes to me spending several years experimenting with social media. I had absolutely no background in social media. I had no idea what I was doing. So as you can imagine, going in very blindly, I failed many, many times. I had hundreds and hundreds of videos. Of course, some of them didn't take off. Um, but why that was really valuable for me is because I can look at the things that did perform and then the videos that failed for me, um, the strategies that failed for me, the branding that failed for me personally. I can go back and see the brand deals and how I worked with people and the email communication with different bigger brands and what I did wrong. And I can look at that and now I have this whole value set around that experience that I can offer to other people and say, hey, I tried this, this didn't work, but here's the strategy and the mindset that I use around these specific tactics that really helped me to take off. Um, and because of that failure, I look at it as such an amazing thing because now I'm able to turn around two years later and help other people get started and help them to avoid that failure. And so it, I really don't look at failure as a bad thing. I think it's an amazing thing. Um, because anywhere that you failed is somewhere that you can help somebody else to succeed by offering your expertise to them. And I think that also ties in to NAC as well, because any expert that comes in, like Steve, say, for example, Steve has seen failure and he's also seen great success, but he can offer somebody else that is coming into that um, field of expertise, somebody that wants to get into the tech space, he can offer that experience to them through that failure through NAC and say, hey, here's everything that I did wrong. And let me help you as an expert through NAC avoid all of that. Let me help you be successful faster because I can tell you exactly what not to do. That's so awesome. Uh, uh, I appreciate you saying that. I was just going to say that exact point. You both could offer those kind of uh, lessons and experience. Like Steve, you were saying how people will come to the community and start building and launching their own business there. And that fear of, am I going to do okay? Am I going to fail? You both can offer that. And I'm sure everybody within the community, that's what it's about, can offer these lessons to each other to help them build and grow their business on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And and we're trying to eliminate those barriers to entry. That it, it is a scary thing to take that leap and say, well, I've got to build a website, I've got to do all these things, find customers. You know, you can literally be up and running on a platform in 30 minutes and and seeing if it's working for you and learning from you know what we can offer too, because it's we really treat everyone as this is their store and we're here to help you. We're your guide. We're going to help you grow and build your business on our on our platform. Um, and that's a big part of it. It's not just putting it out there and hoping it works. We want to help build successful companies out of it. So, yeah, and it seems like the the timing is is right as well. I mean, I'm just observing what's happening in society, social media, the news. People, a lot of people are are just at a point where they're they're ready to to start their own business. They're they're tired of some of the things that happen w- within the organizations they're a part of, and they're so yeah. This this creates a a pretty streamlined way. For them to get going and, and have a network of people to to support them along that journey and so i know we're running short on time here so i was going to uh, close out real quick um but i want to recap some of the things we talked about for some for those listening in obviously if if you're thinking about putting out content you you've, there should be some lessons that you've you've learned there whether that be TikTok or linkedin or facebook instagram whatever it is whatever that platform that aligns with your your audience we also talked about an amazing company, amazing community that's be, that's just launched and the process to, to launching that company. Some of y'all either want to start a business. Some of y'all want to launch a company. We talked about mentoring and having those thought leaders that you can go to for that, that type of support, to, whether that to, to grow personally or professionally. And I'm sure there's some other things. This was just a, an amazing conversation. And I want to thank uh, Carissa and Steve for, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Glad y'all can make it. And uh, for those of, you that, those of y'all that have been tuning in, stay tuned for future episodes of the Digital Selling Secrets podcast.